Hello, everybody. I, I know. Can you believe it? I think we're like four weeks in a row. <laughs> we are rolling and moving and uh, celebrating this new year. I hope you guys, again, are having a good time. It's You're staying safe. You're staying healthy. You're staying with your friends, your family, those who maybe be in your little COVID bubble. Uh, you know, um, I, I'm starting to hear some good news now that, you know, that now that we've kind of got past all the, the Christmas and New Year's Eve, you know, uh, uh, surge of cases. Now the, the coronavirus is now starting to hopefully dissipate. I mean, it's a little bit. It's not like we're talking, you know, I don't think any of us will be going to concerts and movies next week, but at least there's a little bit of the swing of the pendulum for now. And uh, there's really no big... Like, we're through all the major holidays, you know? It's not like we really all get together for Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I guess St. Patrick's Day, if you, you know, if you, if you like drinking green beer together, I guess. The, but you can do that in the comfort of your own home. Uh, you know, I mean, there's all... So it's like, I think, guys, we're going to get through this. I know we will. And so, you know, I guess, you know, we just need to be grateful that we're continuing to be on the side of the... Uh, the pandemic and just continue to pray for those who are suffering and uh, remember and don't take for granted those who didn't uh, survive. Uh, this this whole circumstance situation will be something that we all remember for the rest of our lives and our children will probably remember no matter how young they are. Just uh, the absolute bizarreness of it all. Um, but in a way, I think it's hopefully brought a lot of us together. Hopefully it's allowed you uh, uh, to be a little bit more creative on ways to be a blessing to others. Uh, that's kind of what's done for me, you know, as, as if you can't, you know, do, do rely on certain things like handshakes and hugs, you know, you can find other ways to greet one another and to uh, share comfort and love and appreciation and honor. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, all right, guys. So I, uh, again, I'm just such a grateful to be here. Welcome to This Is Life. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try and... Uh, Oh, but there's some things I believe that I want to talk about today in lieu of, you know, in, in, as far as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, behind the scenes kind of situation with what's going on in the world. Um, unfortunately, Christians are being thrown to the wolves right now to, uh, to our, you know, honestly, to, I, I believe is to our own demise, our own peril. I think we did it to ourselves. Um, you know, I'm talking about just, you have, I mean, you go on YouTube or anywhere else and you can just see people are just mocking Christians because there were so many, especially in the evangelical Protestant or Pentecostal world that were predicting and prophesying that Donald Trump was going to have another four years and they were adamant that this is going to happen. And now we're, you know, we can some change from, uh, the inauguration and no word from president Trump and he's no longer the president, you know, and. And so because of that, there's a lot of egg on the, the Christians' faces. And I just – and what's interesting about that is that Christians are not even admitting that they're wrong. Most of the prophets are – the most people who, who declare that, that Trump was going to win uh, just have not acknowledged that maybe they missed it. And that to me is, is just very shameful. It's very prideful. Uh, if we are truly living as representations of God – and even if we were convinced that God spoke to us, it's okay to be like, yeah, I missed that. That was obviously not the Lord talking to me, and I need to repent. And uh, you just aren't seeing that. And a lot of that's just because of pride and fear and whatever. And 
um, you know, that's just really kind of got me thinking. Like, we need to be more mindful, at the very least, and more careful about the things that we say and uh, the things that we believe and the things that we proclaim and the things that we as Christians, you know, are putting out there and being very sure in our words. You know, the Bible says, very, let your yeas be yeas and your nays be yay, nays. Like, like, let there just be a, a, like, we ought to be, the, again, the ones that are the examples on this earth and the ones that are the sure thing, like, not the laughing stock. And, and um, if, if we get persecuted, or if we, in my opinion, if we get, you know, laughed at, it's because we did it to ourselves as a, as, a, as a body. And I'm I'm just, I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of just seeing my fellow brothers and sisters just get humiliated because we are letting ourselves and our own desires get in the way of reality. And we're not thinking of things as they should be or as they are. We're only looking through our uh, the, the, you know, our, the life through the lenses of our speculation or our hopes. And I'm okay with having faith. Absolutely. Faith is a part of our existence as believers. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of, 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 of having a relationship with Jesus Christ is that you have faith in him. But the Bible is very clear that faith without works is dead. There has to be a physical representation and a physical reality to our spiritual belief. And if we don't have those two things, then faith is dead. And, you know, we have to be very mindful, very critical thinking, you know, and um, always have an answer ready when people ask about the hope and glory in you, not just saying because the Bible tells me so. I mean, having a legitimate, you know, uh, argument, a legitimate um, basis for why we believe the things we do, and at the very least, having an option to and an opportunity to just express love. And that's the thing is, if in doubt, just love. <laughs> all right. I mean, we don't need to have all the wonderful, great prophetic words and, and, and be able to speak and preach wonderfully and have a great, even understanding of the Bible. I mean, all those things are excellent, good, and, and have a, their purpose and their place. But at the end of the day, none of those things matter. Uh, the First Corinthians 13 is very clear. None of those things matter. Prophecies will fail, but love never fails. And so uh, if you are just need to kind of push the reset button, maybe this is a time to just to go back to the basics of understanding love and uh, and kindness and the fruits of the Spirit. Honestly, I think that would be very, very, very good idea for the church to do right now, to just take a, take a dig, big, deep breath. Take a step away, repent, acknowledge wrongdoing, acknowledge that you didn't hear from the Lord, and just go back to the basics of the fruits of the Spirit and focus on those for a while. Because uh, those are the only things that really matter at the end of the day anyway. Again, prophecies fail, but love never fails. And so it is what it is. And at the end of the day, no matter what we do say, want, or even need, God's will is always going to win. And a lot of Christians don't like hearing that because they like to think that they have some sort of um, uh, determination or some sort of sway on God's will. And, and friends, I'm going to tell you right up in front, we're going to get into scriptures about it, but there's nothing that you or I, no, no, nothing we can do, say, pray, 
anything. There's nothing we can do to change God's mind on what he's going to do. His will is solid. His will has already been written from the foundation of the earth. His will for you and I has already been acknowledged and written and done. All we are doing is living out what I call the invisible ink of the rest of our lives that God has already written. Because he is either, because there's no timeline in heaven, right? You understand that, right? There's the eternity is forever and in, in, in the beginning. It's the beginning and the end. There, there is no timeline in heaven. So every single thing that we do here on this earth, God is already understanding and knowing that we're going to do it. We, we may not, it may be a surprise to us, but nothing surprises God. And it's because it's his will. It's his perfect will. And this is why the Bible tells us very, very plainly that, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We're not promised that we're going to live this life and everything's going to be fine, especially even if we make good decisions or even if we do good deeds or if we're good people, um, that, that we're going to have then some sort of reward of, 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 uh, freedom from, you know, um, bad days. It's not going to happen. Um, I'm a much better, uh, for me, one of the greatest lessons that I've had to learn in my life is that life is going to happen. Bad things will happen to me. Uh, I, I, there, I have in my life, personally speaking, I have been given and will was still to experience, uh, cards that are going to be very hard blows for me to have to deal with. And uh, this is just a reality. This is just this is just life as a whole. I don't want them, and I will do my best to avoid them. But when life hands me these blows, I can either get mad at God and say, "God, why did you let this happen to me?" Or I can blame the devil and say, "Devil, why are you doing this to me?" But or I can actually read scriptures and understand that this is just a thing called life. The devil doesn't care about me. And God cares so much about me that I have him on my side. I have God on my side. And that when I do go through this life and when I am dealt with hard blows, that I'm not doing it alone, that the Lord is right there with me. He, he goes and leaves the 99 to find the lost one. He's going to be there with me when I'm going through difficult times. And I don't want God, honestly, truthfully speaking, I mean, I don't want God to come and rescue me every single time I'm in a, in a jam. I, I, I want to be able to grow and to know and to understand and to learn and to experience life in its fullness, in its goodness and its darkness. And what a boring life would be, you know, and I get, I, and so some people be like, well, Sean, that's easy for you to say. You've never had to, you've had a good life or you've never had to deal with hard times. Well, <laughs> I may have not had to deal with some of the things that you may have had to deal with, but I promise you I've had my own cards dealt. I've had my own issues of sadness and of grief and of loss and of devastation. Uh, but I've chosen, and hopefully you do the same, to rise out of it, to rise out of those the, 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 that oppression. Because if not, all we're going to sit here and do is just dwell on negativity and wallow in pain 
And, and that's not any kind of life for you or I to live. You know, we're called to rise above and to see those things. The, 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 you know, the Bible says, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, no matter how small it is, think on these things. <laughs> okay. And we have to make that decision that even when we are faced with the most darkest of days, there is still the smallest particle of light that God is asking us to focus on because that is where he dwells. And that's going to be where our source of strength comes from. And we're not going to let our flesh overcome our spirit. We're going to be victors. And the Bible says even greater than conquerors because God has given us the power to overcome the obstacles that are set in front of us. But I don't, the obstacles are not the point. Us overcoming obstacles through him is the point. The other point next thing, so basically the, the, what, at the end of the day, what I want to talk about today is that God's will is solid, that there's nothing we can do to change it. So it's best to just understand that, number one, and adapt to it and learn to recognize God's will, learn to appreciate God's will, learn to accept it and, 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 and just be able to be thankful for God's will, even, even if it is absolutely detrimental and ugly and hard. God knows what he's doing. Either, and if he doesn't, then why are we believers in him in the first place, right? Either you believe God is all caring and all loving and all knowing or he's not, okay? And a lot of people out there would argue that he's not because he allows awful things in this world to happen, and, and I get that. You know, you can, you can have that kind of mindset if you want. I choose to just believe and understand that this is just life, and life is hard, and that there's enough, the Bible talks about there's enough evil in, the, in every single day that <laughs> we aren't going to be sitting and have to hear, I mean, worry about tomorrow. In fact, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. I want to go to several scriptures, and I'm also going to put the scriptures in the, in the descriptions from now on. That way, if you need to, you can follow along in the, uh, the, the podcast notes there for, uh, our, you know, for, for purposes of listening to the show. Okay, uh, that was a good idea from, from our friend Matt, who suggested that I put the uh, verses uh, in the uh, notes in the, in, the, in the description portion. All right, I want to find, for speaking of notes, let me get mine pulled up here. All right, I want to go to Proverbs 16, chapter 1. Proverbs 16, chapter 1. If you ever want to have just a dose of wisdom, uh, go to Proverbs, okay? Just, just literally, if you're just feeling like you just need some wisdom, <laughs> okay? You know, if you're just needing just a, so something interesting to read, some good, something to chew on, something to think about, something to ponder on, just open up your Bibles, go to Proverbs, and just point and shoot. And believe me, you'll find some sort of nugget there to, uh, to, 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 to chew to gnaw on that would give you some greater understanding of life in general. And today's nugget is brought to you by Proverbs 16, chapter 1. I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Now, you got see, if you think about it, our thoughts are different from our words. You can think a lot of things. But that doesn't. But they don't become reality until they come out of your mouth. Okay, uh, we we all know this growing up as as a kid. You know, we 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 would think a lot of things about our parents when they, especially when they were getting on to us. But God forbid we ever say what we were thinking, um, you know, or even do what we're thinking. You know, if you, you know, we have a lot of temptations that come into our mind, and a lot of plans, a lot of things that you know we can that, that we're con con contemplating, but 
they don't become real until they're said or done. And that's what this verse is talking about. To man belong the plans of the heart. We come up with a lot of plans, a lot of we're going to do this. This is how we want things to be happen. This is what we want things to be done. This is what we say is going to happen. And, and I think this will happen in this last election is a lot of evangelicals were just convinced in their hearts that Trump was going to win because they, uh, you know, they, they, uh, for whatever reason, they, they latched on to him and his policies and thought that he was the best one for the country. And so he became this, a larger than life persona that became this spiritual phenomenon almost. He's not even a Christian. We don't even know how that happened, but whatever. And, but again, the, the man belonged to the plans of the heart. So you had people all across the nation, now not just a few. Most prophetic ministries in the evangelical world were saying that President Trump was going to win. And then when he didn't, I mean, and now you have some, most, most people have acknowledged, like, yeah, okay, we missed it. Or they don't say it, but they just kind of like, well, God, you know, in a different works in different ways than what we want him to, which is true. But they try to backpedal. I even heard one say that that God's a time traveler. You know, that 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 that, that perhaps in a different time. I don't know. I mean, just ridiculousness. I mean, just just excuses. But the point is, is this: is that no matter how many plans we have, uh, God is the ultimate authority, and that's why this Bible is where it says, "But from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue." You can think it, but it's not reality until God says it, and He's the one who dictates what happens. Verse two: All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Okay, we can have all of the great, wonderful ideas that we think are really good. Believe me, I come up with a lot of good ideas. Uh, a lot of things I'm like, that would be really awesome. Like, for example, I, I like I like setting like atmospheres. Okay, when I was a teenager, I would take my room, like my room, I, I called it Club Sean. Okay, <laughs> that would make fun. But I would have a disco ball and I had black lights and I had, you know, color wheel lights and I would play music and, and it was just me and myself. But I literally would create this atmosphere, right? And uh, as an adult, you know, now that I'm, I have my own house, my own family, um, I got these hue, what they're called Philips hue lights, and they're basically mood lights behind the TV. And you can either set them to be like, you know, different colors. Like if it's around Christmas time, you can have like red and green lights behind the TV. Or you, I bought this thing to where it will sync the colors of the screen. If you're watching TV, it will, you know, have a subtle light show behind the TV that reflects what's on, you know, what's playing on the television. And that's it's subtle. It's not it's not bad. It, it looks for me, it looks great. Um, my wife's like. Eh, okay well i thought it would be really awesome now that i have that let's string those lights all across the living room and how cool would it be to have this you know like this like this 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 light show in the living room and you know have like these strips that go up and down the, the walls and maybe along the beams and i could just like turn the lights off and be like flashing red and green and yellow and pink and whatever you know i could have like a disco and so i was like this is the greatest idea ever i cannot wait to tell rachel well, yeah, as you can imagine, as most wives, you know, uh, they were, she was like, my wife was like, no, we're, we're not turning this back into Club Sean. Sorry, Charlie, ain't going to happen. And, and I understand and realize that it's not really, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not necessary, you know. And But in my mind, it seems like this, even if, especially when I was thinking of it, Rachel's going to love this idea. But no, reality is 
No, you know, I, we we're sharing this house together. We need to make sure that it's <laughs> that it, that it's not, um, you know, that we both agree with the decor. And if I were to force my way into having Club Sean, I uh, maybe forcing my way onto the sofa. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, we may have think that we have all the right ideas and all the ways that it should be, but verse two very says all man's ways seem innocent to him, but the motives are weighed by the Lord. He knows what is best at the end of the day for every single circumstance and every single way. So verse three, so here's how you stop from being surprised. And it says it is an art. It is a, um, something that takes practice is something that takes a, a you know some, some 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 time to really perfect and 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 believe me even the the, the strongest of believer you know and, and has the most faith in the Lord it still struggles with it it says commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed okay if you want your plans to succeed if you want the things that are in your heart to succeed uh, you need to first put them through the God filter to the Lord filter and really look at all circumstances as unto what God desires and what he wants. And really the only best way to do that is just to let things happen the way that they're supposed to, because regardless of how you and I live and, and, and move and breathe and act, God's will will always, 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 and say it with me, always win. It just, it just always will. And so if we commit to the Lord with whatever we do, our plans will succeed. Why? Because our plans will become, will be, will be his plans because we've committed that saying, God, uh, put me in the back shelf. I you know, especially, especially of us who believe that when we became a believer in Christ, that we're no longer ourselves, that we're dead to the flesh and we're alive in his spirit. He's the one who's living in us now. It's not just about matter of asking God into your heart. No, it's about, about you dying to the flesh and letting Jesus be first and foremost and only. And so that that's the whole identity of a Christian anyway, is a, is a follower of Christ. And and, and so th this should be a no-brainer. This should be a slam dunk. This should be an, an, an acknowledgement that whatever we do, we put it through God and we let him be the one who's leading us. And we don't get upset when our plans don't come through, we just acknowledge that God has bigger, better, and not necessarily bigger and better, that's just, that's just, they're his plans, and they are the way they're supposed to be. The Lord works out everything for his own ends. Did you hear that? The Lord works out everything for his own ends, even the wicked for the day of disaster. So that, that's, that kind of goes back to the whole thing we were talking about a week or two ago about how we aren't to have the vengeance, but we aren't supposed to have the retaliation. We're, you know, a foolish, only foolish love to fight, right? Because God is the one who's in control of righting wrongs and, and uh, taking care of those who are the oppressors and you know, evil ones. The God is completely capable of that. That's not our job. Our job is purely only to trust in Him and to follow His law, His 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 plans and His and 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 so, you know, people say, well, that just why why like why does God want that? Why does God, you know, want to 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 be to rule our lives? Well, I don't think it's a matter of Him wanting to. I think it's just a matter of Him being God, and so therefore He can not only do whatever He wants. Uh, but do you not have a belief and faith that God wants the best for you? 
I mean, if he's a if he's a good father, do you as a father or a mother not want the very best for your child? And are there not times where your child doesn't understand why you are asking him or her to do this or to have to do, you know, have to go to school? You know, for example, last night, my, my daughter, for the first time, it was a huge big deal. Uh, I, I pulled out my favorite Dr. Seuss book, Go Dog Go, okay? That that book is my jam. And I've always loved that Dr. Seuss book. I don't even think it's a, it's a Dr. Seuss book, but it's written by either, I, I don't have to do some research, and it's by an Eastman, so I don't know if that's Dr. Seuss is a different name or somebody else wrote it and Dr. Seuss got the credit. Whatever. It's a Dr. Seuss-ish book. Anyway, so you have to pardon the phone in the background. Anyway, so uh, we pull out this book, Go Dog Go, and my daughter's just learning to read. She's in first grade, and man, it's a 60-page book, but would you not, would you know it? She literally read word for word every single word. Now, there were times where she would struggle and she would kind of look at me and to, all right, dad, you're going to say the word for me. And of course I wouldn't, I would now I would help her sound it out. I would help her kind of get the word started, but she would kind of start to get frustrated. But I'm like, baby, you're doing a great job. You can do this. I know you, I believe in you and I'm not going to, I can't bail you out. You got to learn how to do this on your own because I know that you're capable and that's the same. And she ended up reading the whole book. Her first time ever, she ended up reading her whole book all by herself. And it was a huge, big deal. You know, it was really exciting. She was so excited. You know, at the end of the at the end of the book, she was so excited, so proud of herself, and we were so proud of her. And it was just a really good moment. And it was because she. I did not sit there and try to, you know, bail her out or to over, you know, to, to overtake the, what, she, what she was doing. And, but the, at the same time, I was, I was, I was there for whenever she needed me just to kind of have a little bit of a jump start. That's the way it is for God, where we may not always, it may not always happen the exact way that we want it, but he's right there along with us to give us that peace and that calm and that stability in knowing that we're going to come out all right. Even though it looks awful, it looks tough, God always is going to be there. For And it's just, it's just how it is. Verse 5, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. So those who are harmful, those who are hurting, those who are more consumed with themselves than they are, others are God. God is fully capable and will take care of them. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. Okay, when you have an acknowledgement and a respect for God, all of a sudden, <laughs> you're going to start making better and right decisions. Why? Because you want to please God, because you love God, because you know he loves you. So therefore, you're going to have that acknowledgement that when you do things that please God, that he not only sees that he recognizes it, but he wants to bless you even more because of it. And you don't, you don't do these things because you want God's approval or his blessing. You do these things because you have trust and faith that God knows what he's doing at the end of the day. Oh, okay. So let's, let's ask ourselves, what are some of the rewards for following God's footsteps, for following his will, for acknowledging that his will is greater than ours and is the only thing that's going to happen. 
And real quick, I need to make sure you understand, it's not just for believers, it's unbelievers too. It's it's animals even. I mean, literally every single thing that happens on this in this world, from the smallest of molecule to the greatest of, 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 of being, every single thing happens because of and for God, his will. Is That's the only reason, and that's it. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's liberating. Man, that takes the pressure off. You know, not takes the pressure off like, oh, I can be lazy now, but takes the pressure off of knowing that I know that all the circumstances of my life, whatever I go through, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, and otherwise, that God will always be there right beside me because it is his perfect will that is being worked out in my life and is allowing me to, you know, have this life in the first place. And yeah, I'm grateful for that. Okay, so go back. Anyway, what I was saying was, what are some of the benefits of acknowledging God's perfect will and its and its completeness and the fact that it is the end all be all? Well, if you go back to Proverbs 16, it says in verse seven, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, because remember that's what happens when you, you know, if you want, verse three said, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Okay, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. You don't have enemies when you are following the Lord, you know, and, and even if you do have enemies, the, like we talked about last week, you, you are motivated and, 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 and you have a desire to bless and to love and to, 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 to give them, you know, the kindness. Why? Because you realize that, that number one, they're not your enemies. They're, if they're enemies of anything, I guess it's God, but who cares? I mean, I, I don't, why are we dwelling so much on people who disagree or dislike us or are against us or have different values than us? Uh, you know, I don't, that's not, we're not living this life for ourselves anymore. We're living our life for God. And since he's the one who's completely capable and righteously uh, has vengeance towards those who are truly evil, um, then we then can take up the mantle of of honor and love and kindness and righteousness and give love even to the most unlovable. We have that power because he's given it to us. So as it says, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Okay, even if the, in this life, if you if you only have just a little, okay, regardless, if, as long as you are living in righteousness and in in God's perfect will, as far as acknowledging it, and every single thing you do and say and are are for His benefit. That will give you righteousness, and that is much better than putting others down or aside uh, for your gain. And that's what injustice is. And we see that all across even in America where there's just this tendency to put others down so that others may rise. And that is not only is that anti-Christian, but it's just it's just immoral and it's heartbreaking and it's wrong. God forbid Christians. I mean, a lot, I see a lot of pastors do this, unfortunately, where they, they get this kind of this big head where they feel like they have to maintain some sort of, 
you know, status. And so in order to maintain the status, they, they, they just pride them, them and haughty themselves up and they're never wrong. And they, they use that to, for their own, you know, stepping ladder for themselves. And they are even willing to put others down or to do disavow others or to not, acknowledge others if it means that they are able to have some sort of standing or some sort of power that they wouldn't have had otherwise and that's just it's just wrong verse 9 in his heart a man plans his course but the lord determines his steps guys we can have all the plans in our mind and our heart and our thoughts and our hopes and our visions and our dreams and even come up with prophecies that we think of the lord's we can have all of these things but at the end of the day, it is the Lord that determines our steps. And that's just the way of it. And don't think of it as a bad thing. Don't think of it as something that is that shackles you. Think of it as something that frees you. Because either you believe and trust that God is all, and he is, he is all-knowing and all-loving and all-caring and all things, or you don't. And if you don't, you're going to think of his steps ordering you as shackles when I believe and I acknowledge and I think that God is all-knowing and all-loving and all-kind and all things, and he's going to, whatever happens in my life, he's, it's going to be for his glory, and therefore it's going to bring forth righteousness, kindness, goodness, and love, and all the fruits of the Spirit, even no matter how hard and tough it is at the time. Um, let's go to, uh, let's see here. Okay, let's go to Matthew, uh, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 25. Matthew 6, 25. Uh, if you, if you, honestly, if you're ever interested in just having a good study of what, I've said this before on the podcast before, so forgive me if you hear this for the thousandth time, but if you ever want to just a really good study on the steps and the walk that we are to be taking as believers, and moreover, not just believers, really followers of Jesus, not just believers in Jesus. A lot of people believe in Jesus. Uh, the devil believes in Jesus. He knows he's there. So just because you say you're a believer, that really doesn't mean much. But if you're a follower of Jesus, then now we're talking. Now you're acknowledging something that is a tangible. So I'm gonna read. That's one thing I'm gonna try and start doing more is, is stop saying a believer in Jesus and more start saying a follower of Jesus because that's really more the what I want to be. Anyway, so if you're wanting to to really acknowledge and and learn how you can be a better follower of Jesus, Matthew five six and seven, uh, that is your bread and butter. That is your meat and potatoes. That is your uh, basis for understanding and, 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 and acknowledging what Jesus's perfect will is for us and how we're to, uh, not only love God, but to also love others. Matthew six twenty five is where we're going to start right now. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And some versions even say, don't be anxious for your life. Okay. Anxiety is a crippling, um, emotion and it paralyzes you. It, uh, puts you, you know, fear in your heart and it stops you from growing. And this is what he's telling us. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? He's given us life. He's given us a body. And, you know, what much more do we need other than those things? Because God is going to promise us that he's going to find a way for us to have the things of which we need. And it's not just, a, it's not going to just appear from the sky, but he's given us 
a brain. He's given us uh, talents and skills and, 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 you know, means to be able to uh, provide for ourselves and for our family. Verse 26 says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, or they store away in barns, but yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Okay, you look at the birds. Okay, do they not? Do you see any do you see any birds, you know, freaking out, <laughs> flying around, like, ah, I have no food. I have no, no, nothing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Ah, you know, you don't ever see too many birds being real anxious. I, mean, I guess I'm thinking in my mind, you know, some sort of freaked out, frazzled, you know, bird. You don't really see that. Who of you by who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? In fact, it does the opposite, right? Does it not? I mean, any doctor will tell you that stress is one of the leading factors of heart disease. And for your body, just having a, a negative reaction, stress is one of the hardest things on our bodies. And in fact, so so you not only just can you not add an hour to your life? You may be doing the opposite and taking hours from your hours from your life by stress and worry. Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field, they grow. They don't labor or they don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much clothe you? Are you live, O ye of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, and the Bible, then King James, if it says the Gentiles, same thing. For the, those who are not understanding of God, or they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't recognize Abba Father. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse six, Matthew six thirty three. Memorize the scripture, but seek ye first His kingdom and His righteousness. Okay, it's going back to that seeking out God's righteousness, seeking out seeking out God's perfect will, His plan, His His plans, His truth, His life, His uh, you know uh, motives. Okay, but seek ye first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Okay, you seek God first and foremost, then all your needs will be taken care of. And I think it's not just, again, it's not going to just appear from the sky, but he's going to give you a clear path toward those things. And he's going to give you, you know, just the, the blessings of just the basics of life. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, okay? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own, and amen to that. And I think that too many, too many of us are so worried about tomorrow that we're forgetting about the uh, Father's business today and the, you know, the, 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 the amount of goodness and, the, and, 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 and promising things that we can do for the kingdom of God today and, you know, the love that we can give other people and the, the you know, the building of God, of his of his of his, of, of, of the, the the family of God we can't do today we're just so worried about tomorrow that we just forget about all those things and and you know each every single day has enough trouble of its own you know we're gonna have our own set of temptations our own set of difficulties you know I don't I don't need to be worried about tomorrow I just need to worry about getting through today and again what a humbling concept because we don't like to think about that I mean our whole entire world is based on what are we gonna 
to do tomorrow, you know, and I, I'm like you, I like to make plans. I like to think, you know, like to have, I mean, for crying out loud here, it's just January and I'm already trying to make plans for, uh, what I'm going to do for my wife and I's 20th anniversary in December. Um, but I also acknowledge and know that, you know, every single day is a gift and I may not make it to December. God forbid, hopefully and prayerfully I do. Uh, but for right now, my worry my if you want to say that my or in quotes my concern rather than my uh you know uh, desire is on what is happening right now as we speak today now because that is what i can control that is what i can uh, have a um you know, a, a mindfulness about and an acknowledgement that God is working in and letting him be the one that's guiding my steps and determining my steps. Again, I can have all the plans in the world, but it is God ultimately that is going to guide me. And I want him to guide me for today and let tomorrow take care of itself. Ephesians 5.15, last set of scriptures, then we'll close out here, all right? Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. This is kind of what I was talking about earlier, how it's important to uh, to find doses of wisdom. And I think that wisdom is one of the things that we need to be praying and asking the Lord for the most, especially in today's day and age. I mean, we have to be wise to make the right decisions. I think that wisdom brings forth an understanding of God's perfect will and his will. And so therefore, once you have wisdom, you're able, that's really pretty much as I'm learning, the wisdom is the goggles of God's, of God's will. And it's like, you can see it clearly. And, um, you know, go to Proverbs, like I was mentioning in Psalms and some of those other scriptures that Ecclesiastes, where Solomon was the wisest man in the world who's ever lived. And we have just these books that he was, uh, he wrote and it just gives us so much truth and so much wisdom. So anyway, let's go back to the scriptures. It says here, Ephesians five fifteen, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Okay. Are you making the most of every day? That's not, that was, that wasn't some meme that came up with that. Make the, make it count. You know, that was the scriptures. Okay. Making the most of every opportunity, every, and literally every opportunity we have every single day, you make the most out of it. And it's because, you know, because the days are evil. The, 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 the days, you know, are going to catch up with you and they can even overwhelm you and, and they can even, you, you let your fear and your worry get involved and man, you're just, you're toast. So you make the most of every opportunity. That way there's no room for fear or for anxiety to come in. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the spirit. And in other words, don't be, so consumed with what's going on in the world and lose your standing when God has a perfect will laid out for you. And once you acknowledge that, you're able to 
not only resist temptation, but also not fall into traps that you may have once fell in before. You know, once we're living and, and walking and acknowledging the steps that are before us, that they are God's, then you start making better decisions because you're not living for yourself anymore. You're living for the Lord. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean you go around singing to people's faces. Nobody would like that if I did that to them. I'm not much of a singer. Uh, but it, but it, but you can go around and compliment people and give them appreciation and tell them how much that they mean to you. And even strangers, you know, it's okay to go up and just say, hey, that's a really nice outfit. Or, I mean, don't be creepy about it. But, I mean, you know, find ways to just put a smile on other people's faces. You know, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Okay. You know, then in other words, be joyful, you know, be thankful. And, and even in the midst of the sorrow, just give the Lord thanks and the praise that he is still, he's still God and that he's still going to be there for you, no matter what happens in this world. Always giving thanks to God, the father for everything in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence. For Christ, submit to one another. That's man. That's something we have a hard time doing nowadays. It's like we we are so consumed and so worried about being right all the time that we forget that there's power in submission to one another. And it's not just about being respectful, but it's about being empathetic. It's about um, you know putting yourself lower than the, than the next person beside you so that they can be lifted up. You know God's going to lift us up in His timing and His will and His in His in His capability. It's not up to us to lift ourselves up. It's up to us to lift other people up and let God be the one to to to, to you know to 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 put us in His perfect standing and His perfect will. Bottom line is today, guys, it's just. Let God's will be his and stop fighting against it. Acknowledge it. And if you mess up, you know, if your plans and you said things are going to go a certain way and they didn't go the way that you hoped or wanted them to acknowledge that you were in the wrong and that you were not listening to God and that you, you know, were more worried about your way of thinking than you were God's and just acknowledge that God's perfect steps are in front of you and just follow along in those footsteps. And if we do these things, I promise you, God will be glorified and he'll lift us up and we'll be able to truly live in this life that we've been given, however long we're going to be here and be able to live in it the best possible way and truly be able to enjoy this life to its fullest and its wonderful extent. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your week. Hope this has been encouraging. Stay strong out there. Go out there. Make somebody else's day. Make the most of every day count. And until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.